Well, happy Saturday Eve. It is the Speaking For Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gommerson. And by Saturday Eve, which, by the way, I've never heard Adam introduce the podcast that way, he means Friday. So here we are on another Speaking For Him podcast. Uh, for those who knew that, I wasn't trying to insult your intelligence, but I don't quite have the I don't quite have the comedic timing of Don Knotts. So <laughs> we'll just go with it and go from there. All right. Well, today we're going to do a, a little bit of a movie review, and and this is kind of unique because unlike most movies that we review, usually Adam and I both see a film. Well, today we're we're reviewing one that. Adam has not seen yet, but I'm hoping uh, to stir Adam's interest as we're <laughs> talking about this movie and the topics that it goes through, and also to stir your interest. This m- movie is The Giver, and it's actually um, based on a book by Lois Lowry of the same title. I'm not sure when it came out, but it was several years ago. And it basically talks about a utopian society um, where they try to... Um, take away the people's ability to feel things, to experience emotions, and even to have long-term memories. And they live in family units, and it's interesting because the movie starts out black and white because, of course, there's no feelings, no memories. And then as the giver, uh, who is an old man, is transferring the memories of, of all time, so to speak, onto this other young man, Jonas, he begins to see the world in more color. He opts out of his medicine, starts feeling emotions, and then gets his friend Fiona to do the same thing. And they go on this adventure to save a baby. Because one of the things that he notices is all of the babies in their society are um, produced by um, eugenicists in a lab. Ooh. Um, and they have surrogate people that that uh, women that raise them in their wombs before they give birth and then they keep the best ones and they send the the ones that aren't as good to elsewhere and as Jonas starts to become more in tune with his with his um, world around him he realizes that they actually are killing the baby and so it asks some pretty big ethical questions, and we'll get into a little bit more of that. But first, Adam, why don't you give us our quote of the day? Which actually comes from the movie. They didn't eliminate murder. They brought it home. They just call it with a different name. And I really think as, as utopian and futuristic as this movie was, in some ways it wasn't that far off from what we do as a society here in the United States of America, because we definitely, well, we haven't come to the point where we try to, to uh, take away all feeling. We have come to a point where we try to take away feeling when it comes to the unborn. And we try to sanitize the idea of the, um, of babies, of, of babies being killed and, and like it's, and, to say that it's acceptable under certain circumstances when the place that a baby holds in someone's or, or the stage that a baby's at or whoever the baby is with, whoever is pregnant for the baby, 
the circumstances surrounding that, I think that's what I was trying to spit out, does not impact the personhood of the child. That This is something that irritates me because a lot of times people want to put conditions on it, and it does not, the, the reality of it is that is that a person's life is not dictated by the circumstances of that life. And we'll talk a little bit more about some of the other issues. But first, let's listen to the trailer for The Giver. From great suffering came a solution. Communities. Injected. Serene, beautiful places where disorder became harmony. fly those? Absolutely. Do you get to fly to the edge? Oh, yeah. What's past there? Don't know. We're not allowed to fly past that. Let's go. It's against the rules, Jonas. They're called books. Hello? Uh, my name... I know who you are. Who are you? The Giver. When the elders need guidance, I provide wisdom using memories of the past. Our world was different. There was more. More? Much more. Right. You'll see them all in time. All colors, all differences. Our people chose to do away with emotions. Those morning injections take them away. And people have the freedom to choose. They choose wrong. Tomorrow morning, skip your injection. I've been doing it for months. What do you feel? He's not usually like this. I'm surprised you're not more worried about him. I would be. Bring up Jonas's activity. He's inquisitive. You should know better than anyone. The way things look and the way things are are very different. Watch. That's my father. There is no way for me to prepare you for the truth. He killed him. The young and the old are killed. For the good of all of us. There are things you don't know. You're scaring me. Go back to your family unit. It isn't my family, and neither is yours. Jonas has become dangerous. I know that there's something more. Something that has been stolen. Comfortable? Jonas. There has to be a way to show them. You can stop this. You can change things. All right, well, as you can hear, uh, it's a pretty intense movie. <laughs> yeah. And I'm actually kind of surprised that this was a young adult novel. Of course, I did read it when I was a young adult, so I guess it works. But um, but it is pretty intense. But you notice um, some pretty interesting things about this movie. First of all, she says that when at a later point in the movie, right before... Jonas kind of accomplishes his mission and uh, releases people from this type of world. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, that she says the lady that's in charge, who Adam pointed out having scanned the cast, that it's Merle, Meryl Streep, which how can you go wrong there? Oh, truth. And the giver also is um, Jeff Bridges who is also a very talented actor. 
But anyway, she makes the comment that when people are given a choice, they always choose the wrong thing. And it's interesting because in a lot of ways she's right. I mean, our natural inclination is to is to do wrong. Um, without the power of Christ in our lives, we can't hope to do right on a consistent basis. A lot of times the world looks at it and says, well, I'm a pretty good person. I just slip up and do something wrong once in a while. But I think the reality is for the Christian that it feels much more like the opposite. Like, yeah, every once in a while I get it right, and I thank the Lord that I'm able to do that. Um, but I was, I was thinking about this whole situation because a lot of times people will say, um, God doesn't want us to suffer, or if we trust God enough, there'd be a world without suffering. But what does James say? It says in the first chapter of James that, uh, count it all joy, my brothers, when you fall into diverse temptations, I believe is what it says in the King James. And really what that means is testing. Because the same chapter will go on and say, let no man say when he is tempted, I, I am tempted of God, for God does not tempt anyone to sin. So in that, early part of James, he's talking about testing. The testing of your faith worketh patience, and patience um, makes you complete in the Lord. And so suffering is a, is a big part of what uh, brings us to our goal, which is to become part of the image of God. And so without that, uh, we would not be living life. They were not living a happy, fulfilled life. They were living a colorless life, a life that was void of anything good. Um, um, and sure, you could make a case that nothing bad was happening, but the fact that nothing good was happening was kind of bad. So it was kind of circular reasoning. Um, I know you didn't see the film. I don't, but do you have any thoughts on this in general? Yeah, it sounds interesting because you can almost connect a lot of things going on in the world with the plot of this movie. So even though it's fictional, at the same time, it's like, hmm, it kind of gets me thinking about some things that are going on just in uh, news headlines and, and a lot of things that are really heated discussions right now. So very interesting. I also thought it was interesting that he was determined when he realized that this baby was slated to lose its life. He was willing to go the extra mile to make sure that he saved it. He he didn't get concerned about whether he could save thousands of babies, but he knew he could make a difference in that one. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's something that we struggle with uh, as pro-life believers to wonder how can we deal with this, this mountain of the issue of abortion? Well, if we can make a difference in the life of one mother or one child, then we can make a big difference um so and you never know how many people that that child whose life you make a difference in could uh, make a difference in others so um positive things about the movie um just the way that jonas responds to getting these memories he realizes that the people are living incomplete lives by not having access to them. He kind of starts to realize that it's foolish not to have 
anyone to share these memories or feelings with, and that's why one of the reasons why he tells his his friend Fiona to stop taking her emotion suppressant and so that they can experience it together because it's no fun to have all these memories to yourself. Um, I, I just, I really think it makes you think, and I'm going to recommend this movie for 15 or 16 on up. Um, I'd like to be able to go younger, but there are, um, well, it's not a graphic depiction. There's a very obvious depiction of infanticide. Um, and so you want to be careful about exposing younger viewers to it. And like Adam was saying, even though there's a utopious, futuristic, non-realistic feel to it, there's also kind of a realistic application of a lot of um, those things here as well. Um, because they also mention like the, the, uh, the um the elderly going elsewhere which is a euphemism for euthanasia mm-hmm. like they've done their part and now it's time for them to go elsewhere and and so i i think that it, it covers both of these issues very well and then it just it just shows the contrast even though um there's rough spots in life that really is the color of life um a lot of times when when you have friendships that go through tough times and they still come out and remain friendships, then you know they're solid friendships. When when I've seen my parents' marriage go through tough times and they've stayed together through those, that has shown me that there's strength there. So, and also we talked about on this podcast before how Jesus himself suffered. And how his suffering gave us um, hope. And so for us to think that we're not going to suffer is is foolish at best. All right. So negatives to this movie are that as much as it talks about how the utopia isn't perfect, it does, never points to God as the solution. And so, uh, I don't know the faith background of Lois Lowry, um, but if she was a believer, that didn't come forth in this film. But it was kind of interesting. I don't even know if she intended even to be as pro-life as the movie turned out. But it definitely makes one think. And my hope is that uh, something like this could reach uh, some of these liberal hearts and have them say, well, what are we doing? Because we're, we're basically promoting the same thing. The only difference is the location of the baby's body. Mm. You know, whether it's born or unborn. But it doesn't really change who the baby is. My favorite part, I think, was when uh, Jonas first started to experience memories and he was so excited to share them but nobody um had context for what for what he knew like they had a stuffed elephant and they called it a hippo because they didn't really have any context for what a for what a 
elephant or a hippo really was. And when he, I experienced memories of an elephant, then he was able to tell them this is an elephant. And then it was just interesting to see how he was trying to teach his uh, sister to dance. But of course, she doesn't have any memories or feelings. And so it doesn't mean anything to her. And I was just thinking about how dull would life be if we, if we thought that, that that was the way to live. But I, but I think that we can kind of um, relate to that in the sense of, I think we've talked also on this podcast about if you talk to someone and they've never failed, then they probably haven't done very much. Because one of the ways that you have success in life is that you fail and you learn from that failure and you get up and you try something new. And so if you've never failed, uh, it's probably because you're not trying enough things. Um, my least favorite part of the film, obviously, was the infanticide scene. And that's why I am recommending it for older teens. I said 15, 16. Um, maybe even 17, 18 would be even better. Uh, but I really do think it needs to be watched because because you need to be able to have these discussions and say, well, how does what what does that make you think about? How does that make you feel? And how do you think that relates to what we're facing as a culture today? I think those conversations are things that we need to um, take with us. And then the, then the biggest lesson that I take from the film is that all of life, the good times and the bad times, work together to weave a tapestry to make us the people that we are. And I think we learn more a lot of times from the bad times than we do from the good times, as much as we wish that that was reversed so there could be more good times. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam, before I give my ranking of this film... Would you like to give any more thoughts on on what I've discussed? I'm very interested in seeing it now. I, I can say that much because uh, honestly, when you at first said the giver, I thought it was like somebody went around and like helped people or something like that. But then I listened to the trailer and everything that's going on. I'm like, oh man, I I, I want to check it out. And um, I like how there's the story of like kind of coming alive again. Really, if you think about it. And I don't know, I just, it refers back to just real life again, how, you know, we can get in those modes of just being meh, but then you can kind of start to come back to life. Like I said, the movie starts in black and white, and then it gets into color, and then he learns about dancing and all these things. Um, it kind of reminds me in life, like how sometimes we miss what God has for us, and then if we start waking up and seeing it, you know, you see how it goes to where it's supposed to be in life. So, uh, interested, I'll have to definitely check it out, especially after your rating here. I'm very curious to see what you give it. Um... I am going to give it a three and a half out of five. Okay. And again, um, there is some in- intensity that uh, I could have done without, especially since it's classified as young adult. Yeah. But I, again, it's it's kind of recommended uh, viewing. But again, another reason for that it's not higher than three and a half is the world view. Mm. Um, as like I said, as much as it started to point in the right direction, it didn't go far enough. Um, because if you're going to 
have a nothingness life that is life without Christ. And in order to experience the fullness of life, you really need Christ to complete that fullness. Um, yes, there are non-believers that can live, I suppose, fairly fulfilled lives. But Jesus said, The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So if you want abundant life, trusting Christ is the key to that. So I would just encourage you to consider um, using the giver as a discussion piece for your older children. And I hope that you will uh, enjoy sharing this podcast with them uh, as you prepare to watch it, hopefully, and engage on some of these topics. I think um, there's a lot of things that don't get discussed in our culture that need to be discussed. And a lot of times the government and others are able to exploit our ignorance. So we need to make sure that we are not ignorant on these things we are aware of what's going on around us and like i said as utopian as this is we need to realize how close in some respects it is to reality because it's kind of scary in certain respects how close it is and we need to be aware of that um and i just wanted to encourage you with this and i hope that you have a wonderful weekend um make sure you contact us with the content information at the end of the show and uh if you want to find me on Facebook, you can go um, to the Facebook page, which will be mentioned at the end of the show. And please keep an eye on my social media because there will be some opportunities. Um, there's some, we haven't done a uh, panel discussion um, in a while. And there's a couple different panel discussions that I want to do on this podcast. So, we will definitely, um, we will definitely uh, be thinking about those things as we move forward here on the Speaking for Him podcast. I think that's all I have today, so we'll say goodbye until next time. Um, have a great weekend and keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him, alongside his co-host and executive producer. Adam McNutt. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at speakingforhim. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.